What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Seifter, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler. And Bart, as usual, we are recording during Thursday Night Football to preview all of the Week 3 action, and my Browns are playing the Steelers. It's uh, a little more high-scoring than I was expecting. Both teams are actually moving the football somewhat competently <laughs> um and not just on the ground even uh the jacoby Brissett has uh made some passes my boy amari cooper's doing well your boy yeah. david and joku so and uh jalen warren on the steeler side it's a guy we might have to talk about next week <laughs> but uh things are happening How, how's your uh, thursday night going yeah things are happening i've got it on too last week or maybe it was earlier this week i, I couldn't get monday night football working quite right but i've got it on and it looks like, uh, as of right now, that that missed extra point is the uh, the difference. Oh you know, Pittsburgh Knowing is the up Browns. A point. That will be the difference in the game. <laughs> it, it very well could. be. It was last week, and the week before, the kicker, the rookie kicker, Cade York, won the game with a field goal. So it seems like he's factoring in one way or another every week. <laughs> I despise kickers in fantasy football, but I mean, in reality, they they do make a lot of difference in the games. I mean, they, people are winning and losing. Uh, on these kickers for sure and it could, uh, we it could have could a whole difference. debate about the band kickers thing i i like keeping them but <laughs> that's for let's save that for another day yeah. um because we have a lot to do today we have a lot of week three matchups to preview we also just updated our rest of season rankings at rosrankings.com so check oh, yeah. that out it's really great for getting uh, an instant read on what we think about your trades you know we get these questions mm-hmm. on twitter should i trade x for y well We've got the rankings right there. If it's a redraft format, it will apply. Um, and every week there's a lot uh, of moving, especially early in the season. And uh, I guess the headline for me this week was that I moved Cooper Cup up to number one. And uh, so mm-hmm. I'm sort of walking this back a little because I wanted to go with running backs at the top of the draft. You know, maybe be different in full PPR, but in half PPR or non-PPR coming into the season, I was thinking – running back running back running back but man cooper cup is just so consistent i mean he's just picked up right where he left off last season and the top running backs most of them are off to relatively slow starts so um i don't know it's you know the running back position in general you could say is kind of off to a slow start like fantasy value is coming more from the wide receiver position than the running back position so far this year and i don't know if that's like a trend that's going to continue for years to come or if it's just a blip that's two games into a, a, the season but that's interesting don't you think yeah i mean what's interesting is like i didn't do what you did and move cooper cup up to number one for my rest of the season but for my week three rankings i was looking at my flex rankings and i'm i try to get those as best i can on fantasy pros when i'm doing that and i have cooper cup and justin jefferson as my one and two there and i have jonathan taylor three Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, and so on. So, like, I did actually, for this week, rank receivers higher than running backs. But for rest of season, I just feel like it's going to come around. You know, I just feel like Jonathan Taylor, over the course of 17 weeks, if he's healthy, um, even a DeAndre Swift, maybe, if he can stay healthy for 17 weeks, these guys can be, you know, top five over a Cooper Cup, over Justin Jefferson, and be a difference maker. If you were to draft again, say today, I would still take those top four or five running backs over cup and Jefferson, but you know, tomato, tomato. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess the thing that's sort of changing my perspective on it 
is just you see some of these receivers that are so consistent with their target numbers and their catch numbers mm-hmm. that it's like they have the consistency that their running backs have. And that's something that didn't used to be the case. You know, it used to be yeah. even for the top wide receivers, like they'd have some some down weeks where they, where they would catch two passes for 15 yards or something like that. You know, like Cooper Cup, it that doesn't happen. I mean, like he... <laughs> He, I'm looking now, in the last two games of last season, he only caught seven passes and six passes. But, I mean, every and, – and, and actually, they probably – I don't remember the situation with those two games, but maybe he didn't play the full the full game in one or two of those games. But um, he had double-digit targets almost every single week last year. Double-digit catches, like, half of the games. I mean yeah. – and he never had fewer than five catches in any game last season and rarely fewer than seven. So, um, And he always had 90-plus yards. If you look at it, he had one game all of last season where he had less than 90 receiving yards. <laughs> I mean, that's unbelievable. And he's done the same thing in the first two games this year, over 100 yards in both games, double-digit targets and double-digit catches. I saw a stat on Twitter that he – has more targets than uh, the Bears have passing attempts so far this season, <laughs> uh, which is That's absurd. Awesome. And I don't know. I guess I'm just, you know, we're seeing it with Amon Ross St. Brown, too, another guy who I moved way up in my rankings. Yeah. Um, the, the consistency of the targets and the catches gives them that really high floor. So I'm not really sure that running backs have more upside than receivers like that who are such an integral part of the game plan. Well, Amon Ross St. Brown's a guy who has had – I think it's eight catches in what ten straight games now, or something, leading back to uh, you know last season. So, yeah, you moved him up to twenty fifth overall. I moved him up to thirty eighth overall, and I was even I was thinking about moving him higher, but yeah, that's a little bit of a discrepancy there. We might have to do like a little bit of a a rankings dispute episode or something because I'm looking through our rest of season rankings. We've moved up some guys quite a bit. I've moved up, you know, Clyde Edwards Elaire a little bit. I have him pretty high this week. We'll get into that game and some others, but. Uh, you mentioned volume. Ezekiel Elliott. I keep moving him up. I mean, honestly, like he's a guy that people didn't want to draft. Tony Pollard had a good game last week, but I'm still I'm still high on Zeke. I feel like that Monday Night Football game when we get to it, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. You do sound <laughs> high on Zeke. This is your brain. This is your brain on Zeke. Any questions? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't I don't see it the same way with him. The way the season has uh, has gotten started, but. Well, let's discuss all of this in the context of the week three matchups because we're going to try to touch on basically every fantasy relevant player uh, that's going this weekend uh, tonight. So let's hop right into it. Uh, And we'll start with uh, the Saints and the Panthers. Uh, Over under on this game is 41. And the Saints are favored by two and a half on the road. Uh, this kind of, I mean, the over-under tells you, it, it shapes up as a defensive affair. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it looks like Alvin Kamara should be back for this game. So you're starting the running backs on both sides. You're obviously starting Christian McCaffrey as well. Um, Michael Thomas has been very uh, good so far this year. So I think you lock him in as a wide receiver too. And, um, I, you know, I'm going to be watching though the secondary options with New Orleans on that. Olave had like 365 air yards last week, but I don't know. I mean, he's kind of like a boomer bust wide receiver three at best right now, wouldn't you say? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's that's something to watch, right? He had double-digit targets last week, so 
Landry led the team in targets week one. Olave did week two. Maybe this week it'll be Michael Thomas. I don't know. Maybe it'll be Olave again. So that's something I'm looking for this week. Um, I mean, on the Panther side, like Christian McCaffrey hasn't touched the ball 20 times yet in either game this year. And if I'm a Panthers fan or if I'm someone who has McCaffrey, I want to see him touch the ball 25 to 30 times. You know, I mean, like he needs to get the ball more. And we, we said this a week ago. We probably said it two weeks ago. Christian McCaffrey needs to get the ball more, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, for me, the biggest issue is um, using him in the passing game. I mean, like, he has four catches for 24 yards and four catches for 26 yards in the first two games. Like, basically the same numbers in both of those games. And I just I want to see a lot more than that. I mean, last year he only played basically in six games, but he had 54 or more receiving yards in five of those six games. So mm-hmm. – they are not using him in the passing game nearly as much, and I don't think it's by design. I think it's because Baker Mayfield is not looking to him and trying to force plays down the field that are not being successful. Um, so I actually don't like what Baker Mayfield is doing. I don't I, I don't think it's great for Christian McCaffrey, but McCaffrey is just so far and away the best player uh, on the offense that um, they might just kind of have to put Baker in his place eventually and say – this is what you need to do in these situations. Dump it off. <laughs> and maybe eventually he'll start doing that. That's my hope anyway. Yeah, and, you know, talking about the receivers for the Saints, uh, Carolina has been pretty stingy to opposing quarterbacks and wide receivers this year, but it's also been the Browns and the Giants. So, I mean, Jacoby Brissett is looking okay tonight. Uh, Daniel Jones so far has not looked great, um, and we don't expect him to really. So it's kind of the question, like, after two weeks, it's like, okay, is it a good offense? Is it a good defense? Like, is it a matchup? Like, I think we're going to find out this week a lot of things, and we'll we'll start to understand a little bit more. Um, I think I think Jameis could absolutely have a good game here, uh, and the receivers could. You know, Carolina has looked good against those in those matchups, but they haven't really faced you know like a Patrick Mahomes or you know a, a good offense yet. So we'll I see. guess so. I mean, you know, I love Jameis, but I'm I think I told someone on Twitter to uh, this week not to start him. Um, I, I think I was even saying. I can't. I can't remember. Might have been saying stick with Brady over him. Mm. Um, I just. I mean, I, I'm, we'll get to that. <laughs> but <laughs> I. 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 I love Jameis. I just. I think this game shapes up as a defensive game personally. So I'm not looking to stream Jameis in this game necessarily. Um, but going back to you know what I said with Carolina that McCaffrey is like far and away the best player on the offense. Far and away the second best player on the offense is DJ Moore. And that's another place where I feel like Mayfield is falling down on the job because yeah. uh, Robbie Anderson has more targets than DJ Moore so far in the season, which is ridiculous. Like that's just inefficient quarterback play to not be getting the ball in the hands of your best players, and uh, that that needs to happen. <laughs> but, Absolutely. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think this is going to be a game where like you start the running backs. Um, you start Michael Thomas. I would still stick with DJ Moore, but beyond that, I'm I'm probably uh, you know tiebreaker going to other players um, in my lineup decisions this week. Yep, I'm with you. DJ Moore. I have wide receiver 25. I might move him down a little bit actually. So he he's even questionable because, like you said, you know Robbie Anderson's getting more targets. Uh, DJ Moore got the touchdown last week, but yeah, it's it's, it's kind of hard to say right now. So. Even DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are sort of borderline flex plays. Yeah, I mean, I have DJ Moore as a, as wide receiver twenty seven, so I'm I'm right there with you. Yep, uh, he's more of like a high end wide receiver three, I guess. But um, 
still probably if you drafted him, you're probably playing him, I would say. But yeah. Um, but guys like Olave, we'll talk about some of these rookies. Like they're exciting players and they have a lot of potential, but I'm not ready to say that they're like every week must like set in and forget it starters. And I, I feel like he's he's an example of that. Like yep. he, he could have a huge game or he could fade back into the background. You know, we just haven't seen enough yet to know. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so next game, another defensive game. Houston at Chicago. Over under is 40, and the Bears are favored by two and a half. I um, I just had uh, the question, which defense would you prefer to start in this game? <laughs> and I said I would be happy to start either, but I would lean towards the Bears since they're the home team. And uh, the implied point total for Houston in this game is 18.75 points, which is the second lowest on the entire slate this, this week. So... Uh, I'm not eager to start <laughs> players in this game uh, offensively. I'm not eager either, but like I don't know. I kind of have a suspicion that uh, David Montgomery is going to have a good game here. Um, he had a lot. He had over 100 yards on the ground last week. Uh, broke off a big run. Uh, I, I just think David Montgomery in this offense. Uh, the the Texans have given up some big runs. I think. <laughs> I just think he might go off here. Uh, Texans gave up a ton of yards to uh, you know Jonathan Taylor. Okay, like that's expected. But the Broncos ran pretty easily on them too. So I just think we've seen, you know, we've seen the uh, Bears not really pass much. So I just think that the Bears might just run a ton. And I, I like, uh, I don't know, I like it. Uh, I like um, Dave Montgomery anytime touchdown. I like him. I like all his rush, rushing props too. And I really want to see what happens with Darnell Mooney because I was high on him coming into the season. His over under receiving yards is 44 and a half. And he's done like, pretty much nothing going into this game so that feels that feels high but i don't know like i might bet on the over because it's a good matchup like the Texans secondary is not great what do you think well i'm with you on david montgomery and he actually had a great game last week i think he had 122 rushing yards last week i have him as my rb 13 for this week so just outside of my rb1 threshold but yeah i think he's a really strong play i mean the bears are probably not going to have a lot of games this year where they're projected to be playing with a lead. Uh, but this is one of them. So uh, this definitely is a game that should set up well for David Montgomery. Um, you know, I feel like everyone is freaking out about Justin Fields and the, you know, the, the fact that he only threw 11 passes last week and, and 17 the week before. I mean, he, he's got like one quarter as many pass attempts as Joe Flacco so far this year or something. <laughs> it's something ridiculous like that. But it's only been two games. Uh, you know, I, I do think eventually um, this offense should open up a little more. I, I, you know, I've heard some people saying, like, this is a sign that this team doesn't believe in Justin Fields, and I'm not ready to say that. I think that, um, you know, the first game was in a monsoon. The second game, maybe there was something game plan specific about how they were going to try to stick with the Packers. But uh, I think it's too early to say that this is this team is going to be the most run heavy team in the league. And certainly they're, even if they are, they're going to not be as run heavy as they've been in these first two games. So, um, I, you know, I think there's reason to be concerned about Mooney and there's reason to be concerned about Cole Komet. Um, and there's really no one else in the passing game you would even consider in, if things were going well. <laughs> um, but, you know, I still think Mooney can, can get into that wide receiver three uh, territory as the season goes along. Um, so I wouldn't completely give up hope there. Yeah, I mean, don't feel bad if you want to bench him this week, though. I mean, obviously he's done nothing, so 
don't feel bad if you want to do that. On the Texans side, I, I would like – you mentioned the Packers. I mean, they ran all over the Bears last week, and, and the Packers are a much better team than the Texans. But, like, Damian Pierce could have a really good game here as well. Like, we saw last week Lovey Smith committed to Damian Pierce a little bit more. He got, like, pretty much all the rushing attempts. So I could see Damian Pierce having a little bit of a coming out party here. So I have him as my RB28. He's definitely startable if you're looking at a flex option. I would definitely start Damian Pierce. Yep, I'm right with you. I got him at RB29. I, I'm i of two minds of it because, yeah, if it's a, if, as long as the game stays low scoring and close, like, mm-hmm. he should get plenty of work. I mean, it's sort of embarrassing, honestly, what the Bears or what the uh, Texans did, uh, you know, the they basically admitted that they screwed up in, in week one and, like, forgot <laughs> yeah. to play him. Like, basically, like, the dog ate my homework was, like, basically <laughs> what Levy Smith was saying in the press conference. Like, right. Um, so then they, I don't know, they got criticized and then they went 180 degrees the other way and played Pierce, gave, fed Pierce the rock constantly and didn't even give the ball to Burkhead once. <laughs> so that was, like, quite a, a turnaround. I, I do think, though, that, like, the truth is probably going to be somewhere in between because Burkhead is still the passing down back in this offense. He Even last week when he barely touched the ball, he played on all the third downs uh, and uh, long yardage situations, two-minute drill, that kind of stuff. So it, it just depends how the, these games go. I mean, if they fall behind by 10 points to teams, like, Burkhead is going to get a lot more run than if, if they're in the game. So... This should be a game they can stay close in, so that's why I, I would definitely prefer uh, Pierce by a good margin over Burkhead this week. Yeah, absolutely, and I think I think Texans are a, a nice live dog here, plus one twenty five on the money line. Like, I like the, Tec- the Texans to potentially go in and win this game. I mean, you know, get their first win of the season. Like, they're going to go in there and try to win. The Bears are. I mean, everyone thought the Bears would be just terrible this year. You know, so. Texans are definitely a live dog. This is a very close game. I oh, think. no one would be shocked if the Texans no. beat the Bears. The no. only thing that would be shocking in this game is if it was like a complete shootout and it was like <laughs> 58 to 56 or something. That that would shock people. <laughs> that would be very shocking, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Houston receivers, I mean, Cooks, uh, you still stick with as a wide receiver, two-ish kind of yep. guy, right? And then I like, I you know, I've talked about my love for Nico Collins and, I, he showed some signs of life last week, so I'm not like rushing to start him or anything like that. Um, you know, I think you'd want to see it a little more before you'd make him even a wide receiver three. But uh, I have him at wide receiver 48, so you know he's yeah. he's at least got a pulse at this point. <laughs> yeah, he's wide receiver 54 for me, so I agree with you. Like I'm not rushing to start him either. So just wait and see. Uh, be great if if you have him. He's a good guy to stash. Like he's probably on a lot of waiver wires, so good guy to pick up. See what he can do. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of, like, talent. You know, he yep. didn't quite uh, turn that into production in college at Michigan and hasn't yet really in the pros either, but there's still a lot of potential there. Yep. Uh, so next game is Kansas City at Indianapolis. Over-under on this one is quite a bit higher at 50 mm-hmm. and a half, which usually happens when the Chiefs are involved. They're favored by 5.5 on the road <laughs> against the Colts. Colts have looked atrociously bad so far this season it just feels like the kind of game where they're gonna win <laughs> because everyone's just like burying them you know and yeah. the chiefs the mighty chiefs are coming to town but i don't know i have a strange feeling about it um i still think you know the the Colts are actually a pretty good defense uh, i think uh they're not it's not an easy matchup um for the chiefs i you know mahomes is always a great play but the and kelsey um but 
the receivers, I don't know. I, Juju is still my favorite of the bunch, but, you know, Mahomes told us it was going to be a different guy every week, and it could well be a different guy this week. Yeah, here's a question for you. Like, if Juju or Marquez Valdez-Scantling, let's say, have a big game here, would you look to trade him? What do you think? Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, if I could get anything for him, I would definitely trade him because he, he will always pop up for a few big games this season. Like, that's just – that's his – specialty you know uh, yeah but the consistency is is usually lacking with him and i know they've used him a little bit differently than how the packers did some more high uh percentage targets than he got with green bay where he was just like a pure you know fly pattern guy down the sideline but uh i still he's never had great hands or great you know consistency in his performance so i would definitely sell him if you could uh, get something for him after a big game juju i it depends what you could get. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to be a wide receiver two. I think he is going to be more of a wide receiver three just because um, it's just not, it's just not going to be that reliable week in and week out. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think based on what you were just saying, like what Mahomes said, I think this is a good week to do it, right? Like uh, week three, either one of them. Because Marcus Feldes-Gantling, I've been saying this for a couple weeks now, like he's been running the routes. He's been getting a lot of targets. Um, if he has a big game, I would absolutely try to trade him. And Juju, kind of the same thing. Like, he's been dealing with a little bit of a knee issue. Um, yeah, I, I think either one of them, if I had them, if, if they had a big game, I would be looking to just try to make a trade um, because I just don't think either one of them is going to be that consistent week after week. Yeah, and there's been a little bit of noise about Sky Moore, the fact he only got two snaps last week. And mm-hmm. it wouldn't be surprising to be like if they if – they, decide oh let's showcase him this week <laughs> you know because that they can afford to do that they can just kind of pick and choose like okay this week is a sky more week this week's a mccall hardman week yeah. you know <laughs> like, yeah uh, so i just that's the way it's going to be with this team i think uh and it's probably true at the running back position too i know you said i'm curious to hear your case for clyde edwards hilaire because from my vantage point the snaps are split pretty evenly between him and mckinnon and mckinnon's getting goal line work and uh I just don't I don't love the usage for CEH I think you know being in that offense is always a good thing and he's shown you know he's looked a little better this year I think just from the eye test than he did last year but um I the usage is is kind of concerning to me yeah the eye test is really it for me like when he's in the game he's he's doing well he's you know the first game I think he had a couple touchdowns which was good really involved in the passing game which I mean in a standard league I would have him a little bit lower but like yeah, I have him as a has my have him as my RB twelve this week. I really like him. I know McKinnon is getting mixed in too, and I have him up there too. I don't know that I would have McKinnon as like a flex consideration. He's he's pretty far down for me. RB fifty two. So like I'm not really considering McKinnon, but they are getting getting a lot of uh touches, both of them. But like, yeah. Coming into the season, like I, I wanted to see Clyde Edwards Hilaire get some work, uh, getting a lot of these high, you know, oppor- like good opportunities and he's he's getting them. So in one of the best offenses in the league, yeah, I, I like him. Rest of the season, I've been moving him up. Okay, yeah, I was. I mean, I wrote about him after week one because I thought he he looked pretty good in that game. Uh, last week, he just wasn't. I mean, he put up good numbers, but he just wasn't that involved. You know, um, I mean, he hasn't. He's had seven carries in week one and eight last week. So there's just not a lot of volume in the running game for him he needs to kind of make his hay as a pass catching back i think which is also what mckinnon is very good at so um 
It's probably I don't know. I feel like he's going to be a little touchdown dependent, but yeah, we'll we'll, he we'll might keep be. an eye on it, see where it goes. Yeah, he's um, been the top. Ten, he's been top ten both weeks, so you know he's very involved in the passing game, which is what you want to. It's what you want for you know half PPR, full PPR league for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we'll we'll keep watching it. Yep. Um, on the Colts side, I mean, this team is last in the league in scoring right now. Mm. Matt Ryan has looked really bad. Uh, I know last week Michael Pittman was out. Um, and so was Alec Pierce, the rookie. Uh, they had Ashton Doolin was basically their number one receiver because <laughs> uh, Paris Campbell uh, faded into oblivion, uh, which we all should have seen coming. It sounds like Pittman is trending towards being back this week. Is that yeah, your understanding? He, he's practicing, you know. Yeah. I think you know. I think the Colts they'll try to run a lot, but like, will they? I mean, if they get down early, I don't know if they'll be able to run. I think. Naheem Hines is a pretty good flex play, especially in PPR. In his first two games, he's had six catches for 50 yards, four catches for 37 yards. So, like, him and, you know, he's he's a guy like J.D. McKissick. These are guys you are going to flex in PPR leagues. If you're in a standard league, you're not going to play them at all. But but Naheem Hines is a good good PPR play, as people who, who are in PPR leagues probably know that already. Right. Though This does seem like the kind of game script that would – suit him uh just yeah. because you you picture them having to play catch up but again i just have this little feeling in the back of my mind that this is the kind of game that will surprise us in some way because it just seems so destined that the chiefs will stomp them that things never work that way in the nfl so that is I, what's great about the nfl it does surprise us you know every week there's a couple games that are just like oh we thought this would happen this way and nope not at all Right, and it's yeah. like people didn't think the Colts were going to be a terrible team coming into the season, and now everyone thinks they're garbage, and it's probably they're probably not total garbage, you know, and they're going to be at home and yep. very motivated to get a win against the Chiefs. So, I, yeah, it could be more of a dogfight than uh, than people would would expect. Yeah, um, this is their home opener. I mean, and they always struggle in Jacksonville; they really do. So, I mean, that wasn't that unexpected to a lot of people. So, yeah, they they really could. Yeah, so play Jonathan Taylor is what we're saying. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Bold claim there. Um, all right. Next game is Buffalo at Miami. Uh, over under 52 and a half. Bills favored by five and a half. And this is the, the, this is the Tua test right here, my friend. Because yeah. Tua put up video game numbers last week. 469 passing yards. Six touchdowns. But now he's going up against quite possibly the best defense in the NFL. Even without Tredavious White, this defense is ferocious and this is going to be a challenge for two i want to see how he can do against this buffalo defense because that Ravens secondary was really pretty decimated by injury last week uh you know credit to tua and i do think that you know mcdaniel is going to put him in position to get the most out of his his talent but uh i think I think that things could come crashing back down to earth for Tua. For me, he's not even sniffing streaming consideration this week. Well, we're on the same page here. ECR, QB 12. I have him as my QB 20. I'm, I I I just lowered him, man. I mean, the Bills are legit. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just I can't do it. You're right. The Baltimore was very leaky on defense. They, they're they dealing with a lot of injuries. Yeah, I just, you know, I have, I have uh, looking at my wide receivers, I have Tyreek Hill. And Jalen Waddle both as top mm, twenty receivers, yeah. And I mean, I'm I'm actually a little concerned about that too. I mean, they could be both top twenty receivers, and Tua could still, you know, not have a great game. But 
I might need to move them down a little bit because I have Tyree Kill like 13 and Waddle 15 or 16, and I might need to move both of them down a few spots. Where, where do you have the receivers? Yeah, I mean, I actually do have them at 12 and 18. Um, yeah. I just, I mean, the one thing is I feel like there's not really a third receiver in, in Miami. Uh, like Cedric Wilson has not been a factor at all. And uh, Gesicki got a touchdown last week, but his he's not a big part of their passing game either. I mean, that they are just relentlessly funneling all of the targets to Tyreek Hill and to Jalen Waddell. And, you know, I, I do think they could catch a lot of balls. Like, they'll probably each catch a lot of balls because they'll probably each get double-digit targets and they'll be short targets. I don't th- – the thing I don't think is going to happen is – Tua is not going to hit on those 50-yard touchdown passes to Tyreek Hill in this game. Like, that's not going to happen. It's going to be a lot of underneath stuff. So maybe in a PPR format, um, both of these receivers can kind of pick up six, seven, eight catches, you know. Um, But I don't think the yardage is necessarily going to be there and the touchdowns. Uh, So I think it might benefit them more than it benefits Tua, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Well, here's a question for you. Uh, if Gabe Davis happens to miss again, I mean, he's trending toward playing, you know, just like Michael Pittman. I think he's probably practicing. He's playing. But let's say, you know, he's, you know, has a setback or whatever. Do you consider Jake Kumaro as a flex? Because he went in as the – he was the guy out wide, you know, and Isaiah McKenzie and, and uh, Jameson Crowder were kind of splitting the slot duties. Uh, Kumaro was like two for 50. He had a nice long 39-yard reception. Do you consider him as a flex in a deep league? What do you think? <laughs> How deep are we talking? <laughs> I don't know, like a 14-team league maybe? Flex? Nah, I, I think it'd have to be at least 16. Um, yeah. Or like a league, one of those leagues where you have like three, four flex spots or something. Josh like Allen's that. looking good, man. Diggs isn't going to have that game again, the three-touchdown game. I don't know. I think Kumaro could, could do something. I don't know. I, I mean, I agree like the usage, but I, to me it's more of a – a downer it's more of a a a uh, frustrating thing as someone who's invested in McKenzie because yeah his role just didn't change at all uh with Davis being out as you mentioned and he and Crowder continue to split those slot snaps so like if one of them was the slot guy I would be really into them because yeah Cole Beasley was really underrated in that role last year um but if it's being split down the middle between two guys, it doesn't work. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if Kumaro is lining up out wide, I, I would more probably boost Dawson Knox in my mm. uh, rankings. I feel like he could have a big game potentially. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Um, anyone, anything else we need to discuss here? I mean, the, the um, Dolphins running back situation, like, flipped on its head last week, as we talked about in our recap show on Monday. Yeah. Uh, Mostert, I guess, is the better play than than Edmonds, but it's just not a good play for either of them in this this particular matchup, I don't think. No, and like I like Singletary. You know, I liked him coming into the season. I'm kind of hoping that like the fact that he had kind of a rough game last week was because it was a blowout. You know, James Cook got in in the fourth quarter. I still like to think that Singletary can maybe have a good game here uh, if it's if it's close. If it, if this truly is like the game of the week. Which I don't think it is, honestly. I think Buffalo's going to win by two touchdowns. But yeah, <laughs> if it is the game of the week and it's close, I could see Singletary having a good game. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, I just the Bills just don't seem to uh, 
it's just not a friendly situation for running backs. Like it's frustrating, no. you know. Yeah, it um, is. it's it's too many cooks in the kitchen and not enough food. <laughs> um so yeah I, I i would probably steer clear of uh of bill's running backs for now i mean but singletary is in that rb3 flex kind of territory yeah um next game is detroit at minnesota over under 52 and a half vikings favored by six giddy up man this game has shootout written <laughs> all over it i mean famous last words i know but uh i am i am in a league where i am owing to the first time I've been zero two in a fantasy league in a long time, I swear. I and uh, I need a win badly, and I am going to bench Aaron Rodgers in a six point per passing touchdown league for Jared Goff. <laughs> nice, hey, my season it, on the line, and I am handing the keys to the castle over to Jared Goff. That's fine, do you, man. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm on Ross St. Brown's been awesome. We were talking about him at the top. He's my wide receiver seven this week. I even mentioned this a week ago. I'm like, look, if he has another good game. He's going to be in my top 10. I'm doing the same thing with Christian Kirk. Spoiler alert when we get to the Jags. But, like, these are guys who, like, you know, when you have this idea of what they're going to be coming into the season and they, they do that, yeah, you're going to rank them that way. And, and golf has been good. So, I will say this. Detroit has played back-to-back home games to start the season. And so, they're going on the road for the first time. And the Vikings have a nice little home field advantage here for Minnesota. I mean, I don't know if the over... I wouldn't bet on the over-under... But I'm probably going to bet on Minnesota. At least parlay them in a money line parlay or something. Because, like, I love Minnesota in this spot. Like, no way is Minnesota losing this game. But you know I like Minnesota coming into the season. So, I don't think they're losing to Detroit here. Yeah. Well, I'm doubling down on Dalvin Cook. I can I, Or tripling down, really. Because yeah. I had him as my uh, number two running back in my rankings last week. And that blew up in my face. But yeah. this week, I'm ranking him number one. And nice. I also went out and traded for him in our Dynasty League, as you know. So... Uh, <laughs> I am fully expecting that we're going to get the Dalvin Cook that we all know and love in this game. It, it sets up really well against a very vulnerable Lions defense uh, in a game that the, the Vikings are six-point favorites at home. It just sounds like a Dalvin Cook multi-touchdown, 100-plus <laughs> yard game, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. He should have a field day. I mean, and honestly, like Irv Smith, I'm curious to see if he's going to find the end zone again, too. He had a nice nice little week last week. If you're a tight end and you can have 40 like forty yards and a touchdown, you're doing great. So I think I, I'm, I'm curious to see if Irv Smith can kind of keep that momentum going because I think we Would can see a couple, couple touchdowns from Dalvin, maybe a touchdown from Justin Jefferson, touchdown from Irv Smith. Yeah, I think I think we can see a lot. I think we might see five or six touchdowns here from Minnesota. Would you play Irv Smith over TJ Hawkinson then? Who? Uh, I don't think I have it ranked that way. Let's see. Uh, I don't. Hmm, I don't think I would because I've got Hawkinson at eleven. I've got Irv Smith at fourteen. So it's close. It's close. Yeah, I've got Hawkinson at nine and Irv Smith at fourteen. So yeah, I'm keeping the faith on Hawkinson a little bit. I know it's been frustrating, but this is a, this team is just going to have a lot of pass friendly game scripts and. You know, DJ Chark is not a world beater. That like Amon Ra is, is great, but they need somebody else. You know, and yeah. uh, I still think Hawkinson is as good a bet as anybody to yeah. be that second pass catching option in in what should be a very prolific passing attack, just based on volume, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, Chark had a pretty good week one, and then kind of a nothing burger week two. So yeah, I think Hawkinson. 
when we were doing our tight end preview, we were when you're looking at guys who can be a top ten tight end, you want to find a guy who can be like that number two in the offense. And Hawkinson has a great shot to do that. So yeah, I like him over Irv Smith. Who I mean, Adams. If if Adam Thielen's healthy, he's the number two there. We'll see. We'll see because Adam Thielen uh, is hitting that age cliff, you know, and uh, we could yeah. be see we could be seeing a passing of the torch. I mean, this was something I kind of wondered about coming into the year and and i wondered if the beneficiary would be irv smith or kj osborne and right now i would say it seems like it might be irv smith yeah maybe i will say just real quick deandre swift obviously you're starting him as i said at the top he's the he's the kind of guy like i could see him being the number one overall running back like rb1 number one if he can stay healthy for 17 games he's he looks that good yeah, it would be nice if they would use him in the red zone a little more. Jamal Williams, the first week I thought it was just because Swift was winded after a few really long runs that went down to the one-yard line, and then Williams came in and finished finished him off. But that trend continued last week um, with the red zone and goal line work going to Williams. So that's just something to be aware of. I don't like I, I had Swift as my RB6 coming into the season, and I'm still extremely high on him. Um, I just think... The touchdowns, like he's gonna, you know, he's capable of scoring touchdowns from outside of the red zone because he's that kind of explosive player. But uh, he he may have to do some of that more. Um, and then, you know, the overall touchdown count may be uh, a little lower than it is for some of those other locked and loaded RB ones. Yep. All right, that's all I have for that game. All right. How about Baltimore at New England? <laughs> this is another one that seems. Like, it could be a defensive game, although the Ravens game last week was obviously anything but, and they were facing what was supposed to be a pretty good Dolphin defense last week. So maybe, are you buying that the Raven uh, passing attack is just kind of unstoppable right now, and it's going to go into New England and have the same kind of success? Well, definitely not. And on the other side of the ball, I'm actually just curious to see, like, if this offense can do anything, because New England looks terrible on offense. But like they've they've had road games against Miami and Pittsburgh, and now they're again home opener. So we're looking at a little different situation here. And again, like you said, Baltimore looked pretty rough on defense last week. So I don't really know how this game's going to go. Um, I don't know if Jacoby Myers is healthy. He's been not practicing uh, to start the week. So um, on the Ravens side, like give me J.K. Dobbins. That's all I care about. Like we've been talking about it for three weeks now. <laughs> I want to see J.K. Dobbins. He's had back to back full practices. I want to see J.K. Dobbins. That's it. <laughs> You're not going to start him, though. Uh, no, I am not going to start him because if you ha- if you drafted J.K. Dobbins, even if like in the second or third round, which I did in a couple leagues, I have other options. You know, I've I, I built my team around not having to start him, and I've picked up like a Jeff Wilson. I'm starting a Jeff Wilson over J.K. Dobbins for sure. You know? Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. So, I mean, I I don't know if Dobbins is even like a, a RB three this week. Just until we see it you know I, yeah. I feel like he has a really great shot to be an rb2 or even an rb1 potentially if the ravens can get their running game going but uh that's that's when that's if he like proves his health shows his explosiveness locks down the starting job and you can kind of go into a week confident that he's going to get close to 20 touches and right now we have no idea if he plays like how many touches he would get i mean it could it could literally yeah. be like five you know yeah, but I, I love the Ravens minus two and a half here, to be honest. Like, I've already bet on the Ravens uh, like three or four different ways. I mean, 
I just don't know that New England can move the ball and score. You know, like they've looked terrible the first two weeks, and Baltimore's hit some big plays. So like, I feel like this could even if even if it is low scoring, I could see Baltimore winning. You know, like twenty to thirteen or something. You know, I just I like Baltimore in this game for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to see. And I still think the Patriots at home defensively could be pretty tough. Keep keep it close, but. Yeah, I would I would expect the Ravens to win. I mean, they just seem like the better team, uh, despite their issues on defense. And and honestly, I don't know. Actually, now that I say it, I'm not sure how good Baltimore is because their running game has been terrible and their Awful. defense has been terrible. <laughs> it's like kind of the opposite of the traditional Ravens recipe for success. Mm-hmm. So it's all on Lamar right now and big plays in the passing game. And uh, Belichick is usually good at taking your biggest strength away from you. So uh, I I question what the Patriots are doing offensively, but defensively they may be able to kind of rein in the Ravens a little bit this week. Um, well, well, maybe it's a, maybe it's a big Justin Tucker game. Maybe it's a throwback to the Matt Stover days. And then we have a nice, like 15 to 10 win. Maybe it's know? a big Nick Falk day. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, Myers, if he plays in PPR is a pretty underappreciated player I think like I've had to tell a lot of people to start him recently because um you know he's not flashy he's not a big touchdown guy but he he's the one receiver in New England that you know is going to get a lot of targets and a lot of catches yeah um and then I still like the running backs there I mean it's it is what it is but as long as it's just the two of them like they're they're both going to be you know I have Pierce I have uh, Harris I'm sorry at uh, RB28 and Stevenson at RB thirty five, so like I'm not rushing out to play them, but I certainly think like if you have, uh, you know, if you want to start them as like an RB three flex, I think that's that's totally fine. Yep, I'm right there in the same area with you on those guys. Absolutely. Yep, yep. Uh, okay, next game: Cincinnati at the Jets. Over under is forty five. Bengals favored by six. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the Bengals have really played badly so far. Um, Oh, and two. Yeah, and that's not like they faced uh, powerhouse teams either. You know, I, it was what it was the Steelers. Yeah, and then the Cowboys with with Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush <laughs> and Mitch Trubisky beat them. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty embarrassing for the Bengals, and they're now on the road uh, against the Jets, who just won that ridiculous game against my Browns last week. Um, I I feel like this game's going to be more high scoring than that forty five over under. I don't really have a lot of confidence in either of these defenses. And I think they both can, they, they both have a lot of potential actually in the passing game, believe it or not. Like Joe Flacco is just, yeah, he's, he's slinging it, you know, <laughs> and maybe it all comes crashing down when uh, Zach Wilson takes over next week. But for one more week, at least, I mean, Flacco is going to get the ball to Garrett Wilson. He's going to get the ball to Elijah Moore. Uh, Tyler Conklin's been good. Corey Davis, it's just there's a lot of uh, a lot of weapons actually in that passing game, and Flacco isn't flashy or anything, but I, <laughs> like I actually have him ranked surprisingly high this week. Um, I'm oh, trying yeah. to see it. I'm pulling it up. Um, I have him at QB 19 for the week. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so like I have him ranked ahead of Trevor Lawrence this week. I have him <laughs> ranked ahead of Tua. I have him ranked ahead of Jameis Winston. <laughs> So yeah, I uh, 
I would, pl- I would, you know, in a two QB league, I'd be very happy to play Joe Flacco this week. I love it. I love that you have Flacco ranked ahead of Tua after the week that Tua had. I really, I know, do. right? <laughs> you know, I really do because it's just like that's some cojones right there. I mean, Tua had a great week, but it's you know, it's it's about the matchup, and also like you said, exactly what you said. Flacco has been slinging it. I thought the exact same thing. That was the exact same thing I was going to say. And you know, one thing I'll just say: we we didn't you didn't mention Joe Mixon. Um, he hasn't found the end zone this season. I think that changes this week. Nick Chubb had three touchdowns against the Jets uh, on the ground, and Mixon is minus 145 on DraftKings to find the end zone. I'm going to be betting that this week. I'm going to bet on Mixon to find the end zone. Oh, yeah. I actually love Mixon this week, too. I Yeah. So I have him as my RB2 for the week. So I have Dalvin Cook and Mixon ranked ahead of Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey this week. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna I gotta bet this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Uh, you know the receivers in Cincinnati. We know we know and love Jamar Chase. Yep. Uh, T Higgins looked great in his first game back uh, from the concussion, and Burrow. I, I still think Burrow is fine. I'm not panicking on him the way I am maybe on an Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Russell Wilson, <laughs> um, but. Uh, I, you know, the interesting thing, going a little deeper, Hayden Hurst seems to be getting more targets than Tyler Boyd right now. So yeah, we'll want to keep an eye on whether that continues in this And game. I agree with you on Burrow. Like, this offensive line, they've got some new guys. It's going to start to gel, come together. We saw Burrow get sacked a ton last year. You know, in that playoff game against Tennessee, he got sacked a ton. They still somehow won the game. Um, yeah, it's, it's rough, this 0-2 start. But I, I think they're going to start coming together a little bit and start winning some games, probably starting this week. I, I like the Bengals this week. Yeah. So anything on the Jets running backs or just kind of I mean, more of the same, really? More of the same. They're both kind of RB3s, you know? Yeah. Like, yep. I would start but Carter. Carter or... Carter's the preferred play, I think, yep. until we see otherwise. But... And maybe Brees finds the end zone. I don't know. But, like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yep. All right. Raiders at the Titans. Over-under is 45.5. Raiders favored by two. Uh, what, what are you looking at for this game? I mean, both teams, backs against the wall, 0-2, you know? I know, like, right? Both teams need a win. And what I'm looking for here, really, I mean, we should see a lot of Derrick Henry. If he's not a top-10 running back this week, I am legit worried, honestly. Like, this is a get-right game. Like, you mentioned Alvin Cook. I think this is a get-right game for Derrick Henry. If he doesn't get right here, I am I am legit worried. And uh, for the receiving game, I think i like to see, like, Traylon Burks, you know, is is it still is he still getting the you know the more uh, targets and looks over Robert Woods? Is it come back a little bit you know a little bit more split, um, that kind of thing? But like or yeah, Kyle big, Phillips, yeah, or Kyle Phillips. But like Henry's the big the big storyline for me here. Yeah, I mean you know he's always defied the odds um, by being like this great fantasy back who doesn't catch passes, and uh, part of that is that he's just been this otherworldly talent i mean he's just the he is the ultimate steamroller um but that's hard to keep up as you get older and there's yeah. more wear on the tires and then also it, it a lot of his success has been because the titans have just been a team that like their identity was through him through good defense mike Vrabel, defensive-minded coach from the belichick school like lots of favorable game scripts where they could just pound derrick henry and if they're just bad this year, like if they're just getting blown out by teams, like what does that do to Derrick Henry? Like how do they keep him? How do they keep their offense running through him if they're down fourteen points in the in the second quarter? You know, it's going to be 
it's going to be tough. So this game, the over, you know, the spread is only two points. I mean, it does say something though that the Raiders are zero and two, and they're going on the road to Tennessee, and they're still favored. <laughs> that tells you, I think, what Vegas thinks about the Titans right now. Like, I mean, they got completely destroyed by the Bills last week. Um, so yeah, I, you know, Tennessee, they need to keep it. They need to stay close in games so they can run their offense through Derrick Henry because that's still what they want to do. Yeah, and Taylor Lewan out might be lost for the season. That doesn't help things. I mean, it's it's not looking great in Tennessee. So this is this is a really like make or break game for me for for Derrick Henry. On the other side of the ball, uh, Hunter Renfro is dealing with concussion symptoms. He got it was like one of the, like the last play of the game, right, where he got hit and they had he had that fumble and all that. So like, if he's not playing, I've got Mac Hollins. You know, I've moved him up quite a bit. He's my wide receiver sixty three, which I know sounds like way down there, but. I don't know. Come Sunday, I might move him up ten or twelve spots because I like Derek Carr a lot this week. Um, I don't know. Like, I think Matt Collins would be the number three option after Waller and obviously Devontae Adams there. So, yeah, if, Ren- if Renfro's out, I I think that's a real sneaky kind of deep league play. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess Renfro hasn't practiced yet with that concussion uh, nope. this week, so he's certainly looking at risk of missing the game. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, that Titan defense doesn't seem particularly good. So, you know, Derek Carr could be a, a decent uh, low-end QB1 this week. And uh, Josh Jacobs is – I'm still not fully there on Josh Jacobs. <laughs> I just – like, he's getting all the all the running work, but none of the passing work. And it's just – I don't know. This team doesn't seem to really commit to the – to the run and it um i i picture there being a lot of shootouts in that in that division over the course of the year and i just don't think josh jacobs is going to be on the field for that like maybe this week match you know sets up well for him compared to to other weeks we'll see going forward though yeah i think jacobs is just kind of pinch your nose and start him in your rb2 or flex because with the implied odds i mean they're going to score three touchdowns let's say and one of them might go to him so yeah I think you got to start him if you've drafted Opportunity him. is king. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Next game, Philadelphia at Washington. Over under 47.5. Eagles favored by 6.5. This is another game that I could see being a, a pretty big shootout. Um, I mean, Washington just – they're kind of like Detroit. They just seem to – I mean, they those teams did play each other also. But it just seems like there's going to be shootouts constantly with these teams. Um, and that's, we talked about that with Washington. Like they kind of need to, to be in shootouts to keep the production up for as many different guys as they're, as they're supporting right now. I mean, it's, we did not think coming in the year that Carson Wentz would be a QB one or that <laughs> there'd be three wide receivers that you would be interested in plus a tight end. Like it's a lot, you know? So, um, do you, do you think that, uh, I mean, well, first of all, how would you? How are you ranking the the three commander wide receivers this week? Uh, I still have McLaurin highest. I have him like wide receiver twenty. I've moved Curtis Samuel all all the way up to wide receiver twenty eight. I think you've got to start Curtis Samuel, man. Like he's just he's a playmaker. Like they've been u- using him a ton. So I think you got to move him up. And then Dotson, the rookie, I've got at wide receiver forty two. But I could move him up a little bit more too. I mean, like I think all three guys are playable. And on the Eagles side, I mean, start your Eagles. You know, 
obviously you're starting Hurts. You're starting A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith had a good bounce back game last week. Dallas Goddard's a top five or six tight end. You're starting him if you have him. Miles Sanders, you're starting. Yeah, start your Eagles in this in this matchup. I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't have much else to say about the Eagles. You're starting them all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, J- Jalen Hurts seems like he could legitimately be the, the number one overall quarterback in fantasy this year. I think that's very yeah. much in the range of possible outcomes. Um, A.J. Brown is a monster. I, I'm still curious about Devonta Smith. I mean, it was nice to see the bounce back last week, but I, I still do wonder because uh, – you know, a lot of what Hertz is going to do is going to be on the ground. So I still don't know if they're going to be putting up, you know, top 10 in the league passing numbers, which means Goddard and Smith could kind of be competing for fantasy value. Like it, it, it might be hard to see both of them uh, go off in the same week when AJ Brown is such a target magnet. Yeah. I mean, like just that I watched a lot of that Washington Detroit game last week and, you know, we, we just got done talking about Jared Goff, and he, he pretty much torched the commanders. So, you know, a lot of that was to Amon Ross St. Brown. I know I know uh, DeAndre Swift had that catch and run where he fell on the ground. and walk. Like, Washington is just giving up so many big plays. Like, I you're right. I mean, Hurts could do it himself and just have a couple rushing touchdowns and stuff. But, yeah, I just I, I like all these guys. I'd have a hard time not flexing Devontae Smith. Yeah, you're right. Given this matchup, I think he... Uh... It's this is the kind of matchup that you want to err on the side of uh, of starting the guy. Yeah, if not now, when? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and how about on the Washington running back situation? I I saw you're quite a bit higher on Antonio Gibson rest of season than I am. Um, hmm. But uh, that might have to do with our expectations of what happens when Brian Robinson comes back. Uh, in the meantime, I mean Gibson was disappointing last week after a, a really nice week one. Uh, I still, you know, don't fully trust him as, as a player, and I don't think the coaching staff does either. Um, I mean, he just has never really been a great yards per carry kind of a guy. Um, so, I don't know. It's it's hard to know what to make of that Philly defense also. Like, you know, in week one they looked really bad, and then in week two they looked really good. So, I don't, I don't know. It, I don't really know if this is a good matchup or not for Antonio Gibson. I don't know if it's a great matchup either, but like until Robinson comes back, I'm starting Antonio Gibson. He's my RB seventeen. Um, I, I couldn't move him any further down in like twenty two or twenty three. So he's a he's a rock solid RB two for me. Just like Josh Jacobs, hold your nose, play him. I think he's going to get the volume. He might get a touchdown. McKissick again in a PPR league is good. Like you want to flex him. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't. You know, but I mean, even in negative game script, like JD McKissick is also going to be like flex worthy even in half PPR leagues. People are going to be thinking about starting him so he's been getting a lot of work in the in the passing game too yeah yeah so i yeah i mean i i agree that gibson is an rb2 like i i kind of feel like he will be until robinson comes back but um he just feels a little like i don't he's not like one of those rb2s where i fully trust him at each and every week and know he's going to get the production i feel like it's more like he could have a really big week or he could <laughs> do nothing you know yeah and honestly my excitement for mckissick and for robinson coming back tells you all you need to know about gibson like rest of the season you're right i probably should move him down a little bit rest of the season because i'm looking at i'm looking at mckissick like he's caught 10 to 10 targets in his first two games and if he has negative game script like he did in detroit last week like he did much better last week than he did you know in the home win against the Jags so like if you expect 
Washington to be coming back, which I do, against the Eagles. Like McKissick's a solid play, and uh, yeah, Gibson. I'll probably I'll probably be moving him down as we start getting like more reports on Robinson coming back for sure. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yep. All right, so next game, Jacksonville at the Chargers, and it's a forty-seven over under. Chargers favored by a full touchdown, seven points. Um, even though Jacksonville is, you know, not played too badly so far this season. Yeah. Um, plucky. <laughs> what's that? They're a little plucky. I don't know. They're, they're yeah. feisty. <laughs> yeah. And maybe their defense is a little better than people thought they would be coming into the season. Uh, certainly Trevor Lawrence seems like he could be taking a big step forward this year. And, you know, I love Christian Kirk. Uh, I feel like he's pretty much a matchup proof play at this point. Yeah. I've got a question for you for the Jags though. All right, so you drafted Travis Etienne, let's say, in the round. I know, you didn't, but let's say you did. We've got people listening who said, I drafted him in the fourth round or third round or whatever. Can you bench him? I mean, I have him as my RB35 this week. So people are probably in week three like, gosh, do I really want to bench my fourth round pick or whatever? Like, yes, right? (laughs) Where you drafted a guy has nothing to do with whether you decide to bench him or not. (laughs) Exactly. That's the most important thing to take away from that question. Right. Um, I have him as my RB 33. So it, it really depends what you have. I mean, if you were the guy who was able to get Jeff Wilson off waivers and he's starting instead, then yeah, you bench ETN or, you know, if you got, uh, you know, like I, someone in my league cut Michael Carter at the beginning of the year, and I picked him up. Like I'd play him over Travis Etienne. Um, Daryl Henderson was available in a few leagues here and there. I, I'd play him over Travis Etienne. Um, you know, guys that, uh, you know, th- these guys that are like second running backs on their team. Uh, there's just some that are in better situations than him. I feel like you know, so yeah. like um, guys like. Uh, uh, who am I? Who am I thinking of? Um, like Tony Pollard or something. Like I would play him over Travis Etienne. Cam Akers even. Yeah. I think I would play over Etienne. So yeah, it's a, it's. Uh, you, you have to. You, you can't be. You can't have like take lock based on uh, where you drafted a guy. You know. Um, you shouldn't be dropping Travis Etienne, but uh, benching him. I think that's reasonable. Nice. That's what. I, that's what I wanted to hear. I want. I want people to hear like, yes, you can play Tony Pollard, even Cam Akers, who looked terrible week one. Came back week two, has a great matchup this week. We haven't gotten to it yet, but yeah. Like, yeah, it's okay to bench Travis Etienne. <laughs> yes, you have our permission. <laughs> Don't bench James Robinson, though. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Play him. Although, you know, this game, it will be interesting because if they do fall behind, I mean, and they are seven-point dogs, uh, it will be interesting to see who gets the pass-catching work. Is it Robinson or is it Etienne? Because that's still kind of – I feel like that's still – that's still in flux, like how they're using their two backs. I think it's pretty mm-hmm. clear that in games with positive game script where they're ahead, that they're going to see a lot more Robinson than ETN. Like he's going to be the primary rusher, but they can both catch passes. So, you know, I'd be if they fall behind, I'll, I'll be interested to see how the snaps get divvied up in those in those circumstances. Yeah, the one thing I'm thinking on the Chargers side is like I might have Josh Palmer a little too low. I'm assuming Keenan Allen's out again. We'll see what happens there. I think I don't he's have actually Allen. trending towards being back. Okay. Well, yeah. as of right now, I have Keenan Allen out of my ranking. So, like, if Keenan Allen's out, I have Palmer as my wide receiver 43, and I feel like I should move him up even a little bit um, if that's the case. But, yeah, if Keenan Allen starts, like, I'm moving Palmer down quite a bit. But, like, Palmer had the late touchdown last week. I like to see that. But, like, 
I, I just loved him coming into the season as this like wide receiver handcuff. If Williams or Allen miss any time, I'm, I think Palmer is almost, he's not an auto start, but like, because Carter's there too, and he's getting some work, but like, I just really like Josh Palmer. I do too. I, I honestly though feel like it's been a little disappointing, like how he's been worked in since Allen's been out, and that's the game that, to, you know, week one when Allen got hurt, and then last week where he he missed. Um, it's just like it hasn't been, um, it, it like like you said, Carter has actually put up more no, bigger numbers mm-hmm. than Palmer, and then Gerald Everett has actually been the biggest beneficiary, I think. True. Um, and of course, Mike Williams uh, after a slow week one had a, had a huge week two. So I, I I still like Palmer as a player, but it seems like they're. Um, it's not like locked in that he's he steps right in and gets the production that you were you would have expected from a, a Keenan Allen, you know. Which coming into the year, I was sort of hoping Palmer would be a handcuff for Allen and for Mike Williams, where he could just step in and put up really, you know, at least wide receiver two numbers if either of them got hurt. And I'm not quite as confident in that uh, at this point, but I do still think he's a, a good player to stash. So you're obviously starting Austin Eckler. Not a big deal. Whatever. If you have him, you're starting him. But I, I have a question for you. Like, if Eckler doesn't score this week and it's, it's you know, Sony Michelle inside the five or it's Xander Horvath who gets another <laughs> touchdown, this guy, are you are you getting worried about Eckler? You know, like, because Eckler had a lot of touchdowns last year. And if he's, you know, three weeks in and doesn't get a touchdown and he's, you know, getting vultured at the goal line, are you getting worried? I mean, I think he has to, I think it's probably time to like downgrade him a little bit, you know? Um, I still think he's an RB1, but, you know, he was like clear top five coming into the year. And I think at this point, maybe he's moving back towards the back of the top 10. Um, I don't know if my rest of season rankings reflect that or not. I'd have to look, but um, he's like slowly, slowly moving down for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing is he still, (laughs) he still is going to catch so many passes. So like if you're in any league that rewards receptions, I mean, like he's just, he's just such a weapon there. I mean, there's, he and Kamara are kind of like that, you know, they don't have to necessarily get the red zone stuff. Um, I mean, he had nine catches last week. (laughs) That's a lot for a running back. So um, so it's no, no need to panic, but yeah, I mean, it's looking maybe like we're not going to get the ceiling from Eckler that you might've hoped. Yep. Uh, the only other thing I'll mention real quick in this game, Evan Ingram, uh, I didn't really like him coming into the season, but like keep an eye on him cause he's in the potential tight end starter conversation. He caught seven of eight targets last week. So again, tight end, you want to see the targets. So that's eight yeah. targets is good. <laughs> yeah. It's actually kind of funny because the two tight ends in this game sort of remind me of each other in that sense like mm-hmm. they're both guys that like people had been hyping up for years because they're like naturally talented yep. players but they they both had kind of disappointed and not like maybe it was lack of concentration drops uh injuries all kinds of things but they both had sort of disappointed up until this year and now maybe things are finally coming together for both of them uh, i you know i certainly prefer everett of the two but uh, maybe Ingram is kind of like a poor man's Everett. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of people out there are probably looking at guys like Evan Ingram, you know, as they're, I mean, I have him ranked probably inside my top 15. So, like, if he's in your top 15, he's he's close, you know, like, to startable. Yeah, 
for sure. He's, he's 18 for me. So That's he's tight close. end, man. That's right. I know. <laughs> Uh, so the next game is the Rams at the Cardinals, 48.5 over under, Rams favored by 3.5. Uh, this seems like it could be a, a, a fun, high-scoring game as well, like many mm-hmm. uh, of the matchups between these teams tend to be. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know where to start. I guess the backfields are both kind of uncertain. You know, Arizona's because James Conner is banged up and we don't know if he's going to play. It seems like he's trending towards playing. Um, and then on the Rams side, you know, week one, it was all Henderson. Week two, it was much more of an even split with uh, maybe Akers even working a little bit ahead of him on running downs. And then Henderson still handling the passing down work. Uh, you know, I, I prefer Henderson still as a play, but it's much closer now than it was going into week two. I am. Uh, I'm not there yet. I have Henderson as my RB11 and maybe that's cra- maybe that's crazy, but I just I don't know. I just think Arizona is such a good matchup. We talked about this on Monday. I think I was like, you know what? I would probably play both of them. Honestly, like I have Henderson as a borderline RB one, and then Cam Akers. We were talking about. I have him as my RB thirty three. So, like, I have him ahead of Travis Etienne. Like you said, I have him right in the same area as like a Tony Pollard. So I'm in the, in that same area as startable. So I'd pretty much start both Rams running backs in this matchup because Arizona hasn't really stopped anyone this year. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's that's bold. Um, <laughs> I just you know when it's two running backs splitting it that evenly, I I mean I have Ender, I think Henderson for me is an RB two, maybe even like kind of a back end RB two, and then Acres is like an RB three flex. That's sort of where I'm coming down on it. I you know certainly the Rams are going to do plenty of their damage through the air as well. I mean Cooper Cup, what you don't even need to say anything about him <laughs> and Allen Robinson got back on track last week. And I, I would expect that to continue in a big way this week as well. Yeah. And I will just say like, you know, we were talking earlier about Tyler Higby cause you have him in our dynasty league. And I was talking about him a little bit. The Cardinals have given up the most fantasy points to tight ends this year. Um, granted it's been to Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. So that's <laughs> a lot of it. Right. But Jody Fordson yeah. also caught a touchdown in week one for the chiefs. So Tyler, I mean, and we've seen recently in the last three years or so, like the Cardinals, for some reason, have given up a lot of points to touchdowns. This isn't like a new thing. To so, tight ends, you mean? Uh, what did I say? Yeah. To, to yeah, touchdowns. Tight yeah, to tight ends. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, anyway, like I think Higby, Higby could have a good day, too. So, I mean, start your Rams is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, as long as Van Jefferson is out, we were talking about that. Like, yeah. Higby is getting a ton of targets right now. Like, he's... He is one of the most targeted tight ends in the league right now, and uh, that's yeah, you got to yep. ride that. Like I, uh, I'm trying to see where I have him ranked. I think I have him at tight end five this week. So nice. yeah, giddy yeah. up, man, giddy up, giddy up indeed. <laughs> I've got him, I've got him not quite that high, but I've got him tight end eight. So yeah, definitely a starter on the yeah. Cardinal side. I'll just say like Rondale Moore is still out, probably another week or two. Greg Dorch, Greg Dorch. <laughs> I mean, Greg Dorch, man, like. He's flex worthy. I, I, I'm trying to let me look up where I have him, but like, um, he's I don't have him high enough. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> if it's full PPR, like, yeah, I mean, he definitely I have met wide receiver 53, but that's exactly where I have him. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I love I have him in our dynasty league, uh, so. I love the Greg Dorch story. Maybe Rondell Moore doesn't even get his job back. <laughs> yeah, I know. But just cons- I mean, don't be afraid to start a guy named Greg Dorch. You know, he consider him <laughs> for your flex. He's- it doesn't matter what 
round you drafted them, which was no round. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, what else? What else are we looking for? I mean, if if Connor sits, then you you get the committee between Daryl Williams and Eno Benjamin, probably with uh, Daryl Williams being the primary, or you know, early down back, and Benjamin. More on the third down uh, and passing down situations, uh, you know, they'd both be maybe in that RB3 mix in, in that scenario, wouldn't you say? Yeah, Darrell Williams, yeah, I think he got the touchdown last week. I have him ranked, I actually have him ranked with Connor out as of right now. So I, I ranked Darrell Williams 38th and I have, mm-hmm. you know, Benjamin 45th. So yeah, there, I would have Williams above Benjamin. But yeah, like if Connor's out, I might consider Williams, but it's it's tough. I don't know. Yeah, I I think at least one of them would be in my top thirty six, probably Williams. If uh, yeah, if Connor if Connor was out, and then Connor, you know, just because he's banged up, is probably more of an RB two than an RB one this this week, especially with a, a fairly challenging matchup as well. Yep. Um, what about Marquise Brown? Where do you have him this week? Ooh, um, I think I definitely have him inside my top twenty four. I'm not going to move him outside of there, but um, let's see. I have him. T- yep, wide receiver twenty three. So. Okay, yeah, I've got him twenty. So yeah, back end wide receiver two. Yep. Against that uh, Jalen Ramsey and that tough Rams defense. Yep. Uh, next game, Atlanta at Seattle. Uh, Forty-two is the over/under, and the Seahawks are favored by one. So it should be a close, low-scoring game. I, you know, I think both defenses are in play. <laughs> in, in if you're streaming defenses, um, and the ugh, the Seahawks are just pretty gross right now. Uh, I'm still trying to keep the faith on, on DK Metcalf. I feel like he's like the one guy in that offense that is just so talented that you hope he can make it work somehow. But so far, he's had two quiet games. I mean, he had a big play taken back on a stupid penalty last week, um, like lineman a yard too far downfield or something. But And he made a ridiculous effort to catch the ball. It was just like a total jump ball. Um <laughs> So I have him like just at the back end of my wide receiver twos this week, um, given the favorable matchup. But it's a very boomer bust kind of a thing. Um, you know, Lockett was the one that had the big numbers last week, but I'm not really buying that. Yeah, I'll say this. I look at this game a little bit differently than you are. You were saying like you think it's low scoring with the total. I think this has sneaky shootout potential. I really do. I'm looking at Seattle who, you know, they played San Francisco last week. Trey Lance got hurt. Jimmy G came in. You know, they, they scored plenty of points, whatever. Week one, they that was a big game with Russ coming to town. Atlanta hasn't really stopped anyone. I think I think both teams could and I think didn't Atlanta put up like thirty points or something on the Rams last week? I just think like these teams might both put up like twenty four to thirty points. I think this has sneaky shootout potential. I wanna see Kyle Pitts getting some some looks, right? That that's what I want to see. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts. I mean, you're if you have Kyle Pitts, you're starting him, right? Are you benching Kyle Pitts? Uh, I mean, it just it depends what you have. If I have Tyler Higby, yeah. Gerald Everett, <laughs> Tyler Higby, you're starting him over yeah. Pitts. Zach Ertz, yeah. Oh man, actually, Fryermuth too, and Logan Thomas. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, I have Pitts at my tight end eleven this week. I. I don't buy. I don't agree with you at all on the it being a sneaky shootout. I think it's going to be really low scoring. Seattle is one of the toughest places to play, and I think their defense is fine. It's not like elite like it used to be, but I think it's not bad. Um, 
and I don't think the Falcons' offense is very good. I mean, I think Mariota will get some rushing yards that will make him a QB two. And but you know, either Pitts or London can probably have a decent game, but I would bet against both of them having good games. Yeah. Um, and you know, Cordero Patterson is kind of a meh back end RB two, and I just I, I don't see a lot of offense in this game. I um and Seattle, I, I'm like pretty much hands off their running back situation at this point. I know you, you and I were both a little bit optimistic about Rashad Penny coming into the year. I I really would take that back now. I feel like that was yeah. I, I you know it was because the reports were so ominous about Kenneth Walker's injury, but it turned out not to be that big a deal. And the fact that he's now back in a in this low yield offense splitting the work it's just and travis homer actually led the backfield in snaps last week so yep. like if they fall behind he's gonna get more playing time um which will happen a lot maybe not this week but it's just gross i i'm <laughs> i'm shying away from this matchup in general um if i can so i i agree with you that i think cordero patterson is the only running back i'm starting in this game the others are way down there i'm gonna wait and see how this seattle running back situation shakes out it might be Ken Walker in a couple of weeks. It might be this week. Maybe he breaks out, but like he's going to be on my bench if he does it. I'm not. I'm not going to like start any of these guys. Even Rashad Penny. I, yeah, I did like him coming in, but not feeling it this week. I will say, like I like I said, I, I like the sneaky shootout. I'm probably going to put a couple bucks on Tyler Algier to find the end zone at plus four thirty on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. So five bucks will you know get you like twenty twenty five bucks. I like those odds. It's a long shot. I'll cover your dinner. uh all right next game green bay at tampa bay this i might sound like a broken record but this one also shapes up as a defensive game over under is 42 uh the bucks are favored by one the story of course is just the wide receiver situations for both (laughs) of these teams i mean and frustrated quarterback frustrated old quarterbacks uh, (laughs) dealing with messy wide receiver situations um with the Bucks, it's just injuries. I mean, uh, and suspensions now. <laughs> Mike yeah. Evans suspended for knocking over Marshawn, Marshawn Lattimore last week. Uh, Chris Godwin is not going to be back for this game. Julio Jones is looking doubtful uh, at this point. So what are we left with? I mean, Russell Gage, who is kind of banged up himself. We've got Brashad Perryman. We've got Cole Beasley. They just signed to their practice squad. Maybe he <laughs> he gets Cole in there Beasley. right away. That's right. I don't know, man. I, uh, I, you know, Brady is. Uh, it's it's going to be a frustrating week again for Tom Brady. It seems like. Yeah, I'm benching Brady. I mean, uh, we were tweeting at each other yesterday. I'm benching Brady for Derek Carr. I would bench Brady for a lot of guys this week. I'm he's he's like my quarterback, fourteen or fifteen. So, yeah, uh, for all those reasons you just said, like I just don't trust him to do much. I mean, maybe he'll maybe he'll throw a touchdown to. Cameron Braid or someone, but I think we're going to see a lot of Leonard Fournette in this game. I think on the Packers side, I don't know. Like we're going to see a lot of maybe Aaron Jones. I'm down on AJ Dillon. Like Tampa's defense is really good. So I know when we talked on Monday, I, I said I thought we will know who Rodgers' favorite wide receiver target is after this game, but I don't know. Like a lot of them didn't practice <laughs> so today. I know. Like a lot of them didn't practice today. Like I think it'll be Lazard, but it could be honestly. Like I hope it's Romeo Dobbs. Like. That's what Me I want too. to see. I want him. I want I him know. to get like eight or nine targets and have a good game. But I don't know. Are we? They don't seem see ready that? to. They don't seem ready to uh, prioritize 
the rookies yet. Uh, Not yet. It, right now, this seems like Lazard and Sammy Watkins, which is gross. Um, it is. Yeah. So it's, I, you know, Rodgers and Brady both are, I mean, I feel like I'm being charitable ranking them as high-end QB2s this week, but they're basically back-to-back for me, and uh, I would play a, a Jared Goff over them or a or a Carson Wentz over them. Right, and I'm starting Fournette, I'm starting Aaron Jones, but like I said, A.J. Dillon is, you know, if you don't want to start him, I get it. Like, he didn't look great last week, and like if he's, I don't know, like I think Tampa might stop an A.J. Dillon type running back. So They might stop an Aaron Jones type running back too. <laughs> They're true, just really good but defense. I think he also could get 10 targets. <laughs> he could, so, we'll he see. could. I mean, they actually have thrown a little bit to Dillon too, I believe, so far this year. So They have. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, to me, Jones and Dylan are RB twos, even in bad matchups. Like, I'm not, I'm not benching those guys. Um, yeah, but I, it is a week to keep your keep your expectations in check. They're not playing the Bears this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I'm with you on Lenny. I like he should get a lot of work. I um, mean, he's been getting a ton of work already. So, uh, I just, I just hope this isn't like the new Bucks with under Todd Bowles, just kind of going more run heavy all year i hope it has more to do with the injuries to the receivers and that they start opening things up as we uh as they get healthier because um, they have so many weapons in the passing game when those guys are healthy yeah and and lenny tweeted about like hey sorry fantasy football guys like sorry about the lack of touchdowns it's coming so yeah this you is always love to see that yeah i do too i love it <laughs> all right next game san francisco at denver over under 44 and a half uh 49ers favored by one and a half Jimmy Garoppolo back in the saddle. <laughs> um, maybe the maybe the uh, Broncos wish they got Jimmy Garoppolo instead of Russell Wilson, <laughs> <laughs> because that that experiment with Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson has not been going well so far. Uh, you know, to me, Russ is like right there with Brady and Rodgers as a quarterback. You thought you'd be playing every week, but if you you know if you have a good streaming option, I could definitely see going with them over him in this matchup. I mean, San Francisco is a tough defense and the Jerry Judy could well be out and the Broncos just have shown no um no chemistry, no consistency in their uh passing offense so far. Absolutely. Uh on the Denver side like you said, I would start Javante and Sutton and maybe no one else, like not even Russ, like you said, if you might have a a Jared Goff type, I would start him over Russell Wilson. Um, on the 49ers side, like the defenses look really good through two weeks. I know we had that monsoon, uh, you know, in Chicago, but they look really good against Seattle. This will be a little bit tougher matchup you would think, but like the Broncos, like you said, haven't looked good (laughs) with Russ and Nathaniel Hackett. So, I mean, I would definitely start the Niners defense and I think Kittle will be a big, uh, boost if, if he's back. So Mm -hmm. I will be ranking him as a top five or six tight end. Um, but it's a big boost to the team overall passing and running. So like, you know, I think it reflects in the line, which is San Francisco minus one and a half. I think you said, mm-hmm. you know, like on the road to be favored in mile high. In this Denver, really, that's a tough place to play. It too. really yeah. is. Like this is to me, that says a lot. I'm like, man, I think that tells me I think Kittle might even be baked into that line. I like San Francisco in this matchup. I'm probably going to if Kittle's active, I'm betting on the Niners. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a super high scoring affair, but it is good news for all their running backs and pass catchers to have Garoppolo under center. So Jeff Wilson is definitely an RB two 
and uh, you know Debo. I think his arrow is pointing up again. Brandon Ayuk is is suddenly in the conversation. I still don't have him in wide receiver three range uh, for this particular game, but he could be. He could get there with Garoppolo, uh, and then Kittle, of course, has t- top five tight end uh, potential pretty much from the moment he uh, suits up. Yeah, and one one other thing I'll mention real quick, like. I know we got one more game to go. Uh, if you're into the kind of thing where you like to pick up and drop guys throughout the day, if, if you're in a Yahoo league or a league that allows you to like kind of pick up and, and drop as you go, Jordan Mason, Marlon Mack, these are guys you might want to pick up one of those guys before the game starts just to see how it shakes out. Like you could see Marlon Mack potentially getting in there and like splitting time with Jeff Wilson. I mean, it could happen. So pick up one of these guys before the game starts. And then you could drop him and pick up a Monday night guy or whatever, but like do it before the waiver wire, you know, hits before waivers hit come, you know, a couple days. Yeah, later. I already have Marlon Mack stashed in several leagues. I, uh, yep. you know, I, I feel like he's the one that maybe profiles more, like because the thing about J- Jordan Mason is he never got any offensive snaps despite being active the last right. couple weeks, and it, it was like he was playing special teams, but I don't know if he's earned the trust to get the rushing work and um you know marlon mack is just he's a real veteran player he can pick pick up the running scheme really quickly and um i just i feel like he could kind of leapfrog mason but we'll have to watch it closely i mean i'm not sure either of them are gonna you know impinge too much on wilson but the thing is you know it seems like nobody is ever at the top it's like king of the castle no one's ever king of the castle in the San Francisco running back room for too long. It's something's always happening. So you will always want whoever the second guy is, I think already on your roster um, before the game every week. And so I'll be watching the snaps real closely to see who, who gets mixed in. Is it Mac or is it Mason? Yeah. And a month ago it was Mac breaking tackles in the preseason and he was like a top 100 player in draft. So it was not that long ago. People were drafting Marlon Mack, you know, just, don't forget that. <laughs> yeah, and it's you don't even have to be good to be a good fantasy option when you're a running back in Kyle Shanahan's offense. So absolutely, even if he's washed, he could still <laughs> put up RB two numbers if he was getting twenty carries a game. Yep. Uh, all right, final game, Sun, uh, Monday night. Uh, it is the NFC East battle between the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Football Giants. The two and zero. New York Ooh. football giants. Yeah. Uh over under a whopping 39 points. <laughs> giants favored by one. Uh I made the Cowboy defense a priority pickup uh in several of my leagues this week because they were not very highly rostered based on their first couple games being very difficult matchups. Uh, but they actually held their own against very good offenses in those first two games. And now their schedule gets much nicer. They were the number one fantasy defense in most scoring formats last year. So I really like the Cowboys as like a rest of season defense pickup. Um, in a week where the waiver wire kind of sucked, that was like <laughs> my priority pickup. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I mean, like that's 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 totally fine. I mean, this game too, like I think we're going to see a heavy dose of Saquon, heavy dose of Zeke, right? I mean, as far as the receivers, CeeDee Lamb looked okay with Cooper Cooper Rush. Um, Michael Gallup might be back. He's practicing. So, But Dalton Schultz, it sounds like he's going to be out. So on the Giants side for the receivers, like I don't know if we really even care who the re- number one receiver is. It's probably Sterling Shepard. Could be Richie James. 
I don't know, like David Sills. Like <laughs> I don't really like. I don't. Do we really even care who the number? Like I'm not. I'm not starting any of these guys. I think I mean, it's Sterling Shepard. Uh, I feel like Sterling Shepard is. I I don't like him in this matchup because, like I said, I think Dallas is a really good defense. But if if we see that Shepard is still running clearly as the top receiver in this game, then in favorable matchups, I could see ranking him as a wide receiver three but that's that's pretty much what we're talking about like there's no wide receiver two upside with him it's purely wide receiver three and Kadarius Tony was really the only guy there that I felt like had the upside to be a wide receiver two and um they just the coaching staff just seems to not like him yeah (laughs) so uh you know he's uh He's always on the injury report. You don't know how serious those injuries are. They usually seem to not be that big of a concern. But, um, yeah, you, I mean, I don't think Tony is a guy that needs to be stashed at this point. No. I mean, he's droppable. Kenny Galladay's droppable. Like, these are guys you don't need to have on your team. And, I mean, yep. I mean, I think Michael Gallup is probably out there in a lot of leagues, so. Uh, maybe pick him up if he's still available. Yeah, I remember my controversial take that I had him as my number one <laughs> receiver pickup of the week over Garrett Wilson, everyone's new favorite yeah. uh, rookie toy. But uh, <laughs> I think Gallup is, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't play him this week. It's the same thing as Dobbins. Like, definitely want to take a wait and see in the first game after a really long absence. But uh, especially once Dak Prescott's back, I feel like Gallup is going to be uh, a guy that, is at least a wide receiver three and possibly even a wide receiver two if their offense can really get cooking like it was last season. Yeah, man, I tell you what, I love seeing David Njoku speaking of cooking. He's got nine <laughs> catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. I'm loving to see this because he was, he was a guy I really like coming into the season. And your, your brownies are looking looking good. I don't mean to jinx them. but Well, you, you know. just did because Amari Cooper just <laughs> dropped a pass that would have been a big gain. And... That Come on, they're up two would have maybe scores. iced the game. <laughs> and they're now, up two scores. Now we're going to have a replay of last week. There's For those of you who are wondering, I think there's like eight minutes left in this game, and the Browns <laughs> are ahead by nine, which is just it's starting to set up the same way as last week. So I'm traumatized. Oh, what can I say? <laughs> I do I, I do want to go back to the Zeke thing real quick, though, because you're, okay. you're becoming the Zeke guy here. Um, Am I? Oh, I? I think so, because I don't see – like. You know, I I think Zeke and Pollard are pretty close. Like at this point, like I mean, I have I have Zeke as uh, my RB twenty seven this week, and Pollard as my RB thirty one. So to me, they're kind of back to back, and they're both like RB threes. I'm I'm really concerned about Zeke with uh, this offense is just not going to score a lot of points, and I don't think he's nearly as good as he used to be. And it's just not going to be a ton of favorable game scripts for him. And Pollard is the more explosive player. And like for a team that's going to be having trouble scoring points, I feel like they're going to want to get the ball in the more explosive player's hands. Yeah. I mean, the only thing, I mean, the thing is like Zeke is Jerry Jones' favorite player too. So, I mean, we'll see. I just think Zeke is going to get 15 to 20 touches a game, you know, even though he looks like he's running in mud and he only, you know, the thing you said about Pollard, like he is getting more in the passing game. Zeke so far only has one catch in each of his first two games. And if he's not finding the end zone, you're right. Like in this game, like, I mean, he's, he's playing the giants this week. He's got the Washington next week. I don't know those division games. I just feel like Zeke always finds a way to score a touchdown. So I'm going to, I'm going to continue to ride Zeke a little bit over the next couple of weeks. 
if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Um, maybe I'll adjust after a couple weeks. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. Cause I just look at the last two games and yeah, 10 carries 52 yards, 15 carries 53 yards. Like he's getting double digit carries, but it's, there's nothing in the passing game. The team is just not going to score that many touchdowns until Dak gets back. So that's going to really limit his touchdown upside. Yeah. Um, you know, I just feel like he's like, it's kind of like what you were talking about with Schultz. Like you like the situation more than the player. Like true. <laughs> at this stage of Zeke's career, it's like I, I liked the situation more than the player, but now the situation also is bad. <laughs> so um, I'm just, yeah, I'm kind of fading Zeke right now. Yeah. Get but, healthy, Dak. Get healthy, J.K. Dobbins. Come on. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Let's get all these guys back. Yep. Uh, but I think that about wraps it for this show. Thank you all so much for listening. Again, we have our updated rest of season rankings at rosrankings.com. Uh, Bart and I also have posted our week three rankings on there so uh you can see where we stand on all the various players um and we're of course both available on social media uh on twitter to answer all of your starts and questions i am at andrew underscore seifter and i am at barton wheeler we appreciate everyone listening to the podcast if you like the show please follow subscribe rate and review we are out of here we gone You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.